all the kids to come up front. And in this case, by kids, I mean kids who are in the older elementary and middle school age. Uh, this sermon is rated for PG and is not appropriate for younger children. Uh, we invite you to have them in kids' community. But the kids who are in the uh, older elementary and uh, middle school age group, otherwise known as the edge kids, we invite you to come forward here. Matthew and Joe are here too because they're well-behaved. You know, ordinarily, we do this thing with the first Sunday of the month uh, where we have the kids from the edge group in the service with us. And what we do is we have them just participate in the service like all the grown-ups do. And uh, one of the reasons we do that is to get them a chance to understand what it's like to be here in the service as they're preparing to grow up into being fully functional, hopefully, adult members of the church. Um, and one of the things that Mr. Joe does for the edge kids is he gives them some questions that they can consider uh, in between uh, bubbling in all the O's on their bulletin and doodling and doing whatever else they may do to try to stay awake, um, which apparently some of you could take some lessons from them. But uh, Joe has, here's the deal. So this morning's a little different because this morning's sermon is actually just for the kids. So sometimes I think the kids sort of feel like the sermon's for the adults and they just sort of have to sit there and be polite. So this morning, all the adults have to sit here and be polite and listen to the sermon that's for the kids. And Mr. Joe has helpfully given us some questions that the adults may wish to consider. I think we have them on the slide. And because Mr. Joe is all about education, he threw in some 50-cent SAT words on there and put them in bold for your edification. So uh, as we're going along, grown-ups, if you would, uh, if, if you would find that useful, feel free to uh, to look at Mr. Joe's questions as we go along. But the reason we have the uh, the kids in here today is the one time in this series um, is that we want to talk about what the Song of Songs is about. Now, has any of you, any of you kids, read the Song of Songs, Song of Solomon? Sometimes it's put in your Bible. You haven't. All right. Well, here's the thing. The Song of Songs is one of the books of the Bible. I do hope that uh, as you're reading your Bible, you will read all of it, including the parts that you don't understand right now, because what you'll find as you grow up is you're going to continue to not understand parts of it. In fact, you're going to find that things that made sense to you at one point are more difficult to understand, and then you're going to find things that were difficult to understand make more sense to you. This is a beautiful and rich treasury that God has given us, and God in his wisdom gave us one book of the Bible that is about something that's very, very exciting. And I'm not talking about the book of Leviticus and animal sacrifice <laughs> as much as I like grilling. I'm talking about the Song of Songs. Now, the Song of Songs is a love poem. The Song of Songs is a stirring love poem. The Song of Songs is this beautiful poem that God gave us that is all about physical love, otherwise known as sex or making love. Now listen, just the first chapter, listen to this. And, and the way this works, by the way, and you'll see it probably in your Bibles, is you have different characters speaking. You have a, a boy speaking, you have a girl speaking, you have their friends will kind of chime in as the chorus. But it starts off with this woman speaking, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your love is more delightful than wine. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder all the girls love you. 
Take me away with you. Let's hurry. Let the king bring me into his chambers. And their friends say, we will rejoice and delight in you. We will praise your love more than wine. And she says, how right they are to adore you. Dark am I and lovely, daughters of Jerusalem. Dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tent curtains of Solomon. Don't stare at me because I'm dark, because I'm darkened by the sun. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me take care of the vineyards, but my own vineyard I've neglected. Tell me, you whom I love, where you graze your flock and where you rest your sheep at midday. Why should I be like a veiled woman beside the flocks of your friends? Evidently, he's a shepherd. Some of these things you kind of pick up as you read. And the friends say, oh, if you don't know, most beautiful of women, follow the tracks of the sheep and graze your young goats by the tents of the shepherds. It's like he's not that hard to find. They're kind of playing a game here. And then he says, I liken you, my darling, to a mare set among the chariots of Pharaoh. Now, girls, have you ever had a boy tell you that you look like a horse? No? If, you, if somebody did, do you think that would be a compliment? Okay. Boys, pay attention. <laughs> Actually, probably what's going on here is he's not saying she looks like a horse. Um, it used to be. The deal was, and this, this is really cool if you're into military uh, tactics, uh, what the, the enemies of, of Pharaoh would do is they would take a mare, a female horse, and they would set it loose among all of the stallions pulling Pharaoh's chariots. And that would make them all confused and hot and bothered. They were much more interested in the girl horse than they were in pulling the chariots. What he's saying is, you drive me wild. Your cheeks are beautiful with earrings. Your necks with str- neck, just one neck, with strings of jewels. We'll make you earrings of gold studded with silver. And she says, while the king was at his table, my perfume spread its fragrance. My lover is to me a sachet of myrrh resting between my breasts. My lover is to me a cluster of henna blossoms from the vineyards of Engedi. And then he says, how beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Your eyes are doves. She says, how handsome you are, my lover. How charming. And our our bed is verdant. And he says, the beams of our house are cedars, our rafters are firs. And it goes on like this for eight chapters. These people are really into each other. huh? They really love each other. And they really love to express that with each other physically. And God gave us an entire book of the Bible that is all about that. So... Some people, unfortunately, get the wrong idea that God doesn't like people to feel good. Some people get the wrong idea that God doesn't like for us to enjoy the good things he's given us. Some people, frankly, think God lies awake all night, just worried that somebody somewhere might be having a good time. And I hope you don't learn here that God's like that. In fact, I know you don't. Unfortunately, some people may give you that impression. I want to assure you that that is not remotely the case. In fact, a huge piece of evidence for that is the Song of Songs, which is a whole book of the Bible that's all about the physical pleasure of people loving each other. 
I should tell you, though, that the way God gives this to us, like all of his gifts, is he gives it to us to be enjoyed the way that he's called us to enjoy it, right? I mean, fresh strawberries taste good, right? Okay, what would happen if you went home and you ate three buckets of fresh strawberries? You'd probably feel sick, right? I I would. Jason, you're pretty confident about that? You'd feel sick? That's a good answer. Yes, you'd feel sick. Yeah, they're good, but you need to enjoy them the way God's given them to you. Let me, let me give you an illustration here. So I've got this piece of wood. Let's say I want to bang a nail into it. And I have, to do that, a hammer and I have a screwdriver. Now, which should I use to bang the nail in? Right, because if I try using the screwdriver, I'm going to be here a long time, right? In fact, I'm probably going to mess something up. But the hammer, that works, right? What about the screw? Should I use the hammer on it? No, it's not, not working very well, is it? But the screwdriver works fine. Or it should. There we go. Yep. Yeah, I, I did test this. Right? Simple? All right, let's move on to a more advanced example. So this evening our family is going to the interfaith celebration at Kayam Farm. We are bringing with us a clafou tea, which is this delicious French dessert. It's this custard. It's made with fresh cherries. My kids can't wait because they're going to get to go home and pit a whole bunch of fresh cherries. And so here we have this beautiful cherry, and oh, it looks like it had a partner and it's gone. Everybody say, aww. Okay. So if I want to pit this cherry, pulling the stem off, I guess I could use this screwdriver, right? I mean, it might be kind of messy. How about the hammer? Ready? <laughs> you thought I was going to do it. No, you use the cherry pitter. Right? Pops the, the rock right out. There's the cherry stone. Here's the cherry. Who would like a cherry? Jared. No? Me. Jason? Me? There you go. They're good. So if we were to try to pit a cherry, it's okay, the carpet's red. If we were to try to pit a cherry, with a screwdriver, we'd get a mess. We try to pit it with a hammer, we'd get a real mess. But it works with a cherry pitter, right? Should I try banging the nail in with this, though? That's definitely not going to work. And I don't think the screws thing is going to work either. No, this is made for pitting cherries. Try to use it for something else, it's not going to work right. What's that? You, you want the stem? It's all yours. It's like a wishbone. Yep. So the deal is, we use the good, the good gifts that God's given us the way that he's given them to us to use, right? The, the deal with physical love is it's something that God, God has given to us to enjoy within marriage, within a man and a woman being married together and committed to each other. 
It's a beautiful gift to enjoy and to express, and uh, not to give too much away, but um, you're all here because somebody did that. Two people specifically, like i.e. your parents, right? Anytime you start thinking about that, it seems gross. Just remember, if it weren't for that, you wouldn't be here. So I'm not just talking about this, though, because I want you to understand that, although it's very important to understand that sex is a beautiful, good gift that God's given us, and he's given it to us to enjoy the way that he's given it to us to enjoy in the context of marriage. But I also want you to realize that one of the great things about growing up here at New Hope, one of the things about growing up in community, about being part of a church like this, is that you have the opportunity to grow up not only with other people who are at the same stage of life that you are, you get to learn from one another as you live this stuff out, but you also have the opportunity to be part of a community of people who have had good and bad experiences. You've had people who have tried to pit cherries with screwdrivers. People who have tried to pit them with hammers. You know, one of the things Karen and, and her sister Alicia can tell you, whenever I try to uh, do anything involving tools at home, I usually want them to stand a distance away, in part because I'm not trying to expand their vocabulary, and in part because, you know, if I slip, I want to be the only one who's hurt, Right? You know, I'm afraid that I'm going to hurt somebody. I want it to be myself. I don't want it to be them if I miss the, ham- miss the nail. And so one of the downsides to using the wrong tool in the wrong way is sometimes you can hurt yourself. Sometimes you can hurt other people. And there are people in this congregation who have the scars from some of the mistakes they've made. There are also people in this congregation who can tell you stories of God's faithfulness and tell you what it's like for them when they felt lonely, to be faithful to what God's called them to. I can tell you what it's like for them to sustain a marriage, to love each other during the good times and the bad. It's one of the great things about being part of a community. And as you grow up, you're going to have the privilege of not only learning from each other and from your teachers, but from the people who are here at New Hope, from the people that are part of our community together. And in my mind, that's one of the best things about you guys being here once a month is not just that you're here to hear the teaching and to worship and to pray, but you are sitting along with everybody else here. We're all on the same journey together. We're all growing into God's people together. So one of the things that we do as God's people together is we take communion, and this is something that Jesus has told his people to do for 2,000 years now or so. And so what we all do, as you know, because you've been here, is we all stand up together and we'll recite the Nicene Creed together, which goes way back, way back to the fourth century of the church, a long, long time, even, even before Miss Debbie was born. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then what, uh, what we'll do after we say the creed is we'll invite everybody to come up and take the elements, bring them back to their seats. Uh, Matt, Mr. Matthew, Mr. Joe will play for us. And uh, I'm going to ask uh, Rachel and Peter if they'd help me to serve communion this morning. Um, I will uh, advise everybody now that the bread is unleavened, the white is grape juice, the red is wine. And uh, I will invite you to join me in the Lord's Prayer, and then we will say the creed together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. 
And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now, oh yeah, the Nicene Creed, right, because that's what we do. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us, 